Welcome to the TikTok Boom podcast. My name is Natalie Potts and I'm invested in helping people love what they do in life and business to achieve greatness. Each week, I'll bring you an inspiring personal message to help you in taking action. Thank you for spending time with me today. Now let's go. So welcome, Sean. Thank you so much for your time today and joining me. I'm absolutely really, really excited to have you on and sharing all about yourself. So let's kick off about that. Who is Sean and what do you do? Thank you for having me, Natalie. So um, I'm Sean Carter. I'm a career and confidence coach and I've transitioned from my corporate job where I was an HR consultant and worked with schools and academies to having a full-time coaching business. Amazing, amazing. So my first question to you is there, as, as coaches do, we ask lots of questions. What, what does confidence mean to, to you? I think confidence has got lots of different kind of textbook meanings and depending on what you read, it, it means different things. And there's lots of quotes around confidence. But for me, it's about having that courage to step forward and to step up for yourself and to take action where you might not necessarily be able to guarantee what the outcome is, but you've got that courage to try. Um, and then from there, you learn and grow and develop the skills. And whenever I'm, I'm talking to clients, I always say, you know, confidence is not something that you feel first. You need to take the action first. And as a result of the action, you then start to build your confidence in doing something. Yeah, I love that. I think that's hard, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you've got to be able to have the kind of courage to start with in order to step into it. And so really, it's about building the courage and the self-belief first. Right. So that's the point. And I love this part about self-belief because I have this real focus on confidence that you have to have a lot of self-belief, like you said, but you've also got to have belief from other people. I think that adds a different dynamic to it. And what I mean by that is it was an idea that Simon Sneap said, and he said that if you can take, and if I can bring this to life myself, if you can take moments in your life when you reflect and think about times when you probably didn't have uh, enough knowledge because a lot often people associate knowledge with confidence. Yeah. What was behind that that still helped you and made you take action? And often for me, when I reflected back, it was moments when people have seen things I didn't see in myself and seen potential or said, actually, you know, just go for it and I'm behind you and I believe in you. And that gave me that burst, you know, spurred on a little bit more to do, take that action I wanted to. So I think it's really interesting that you share around self-belief and, and taking action what else can help people to take action? Because that leads me on to a great idea I have of coaching that I call it like the disparity gap where we say what we're going to do. We get great ideas. We get the momentum. We do a bit of consistency and then it drops off yeah. and we fail to keep consistent and consistently consistent is a, a phrase I love. But um, that gap there, again, is in between taking action. And it's it's almost like it's formed of, limiting beliefs, you know, self-doubts, procrastination, mm -hmm. overthinking. What, what, um, what can we do to really help us take action? I think the important thing about what you just said there, Natalie, is that we often give up too soon. So we live in this world of kind of instant gratification. You know, we, we like something on social media and it kind of gives us that level of validation. And so when you keep going and you're either not seeing the results 
or you keep going and the support drops off or people get bored of hearing about it it can be really really difficult then to keep going so I think it's about connecting with where it is that you want to get to and really never losing sight of that but also reminding yourself of why that's so important and some of that stuff comes back to what like fundamental values about who you are and the things that you hold true because we have to keep an eye on the end game Mm. and so when you're connected with that vision Mm. you're motivated to take steps because it's somewhere that you want to get to Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah, no, for sure. How do you link that in with then the confidence part and helping somebody? So if I was coming to you as a client, what would be some of the things that we'd really start to explore and unpack? Yeah, so really it's about unpacking those kind of automatic kind of thought processes. And this is where I love the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. You know, by the time we're 30, we're just this collection of like habitual thought patterns and we're just running this automatic program so it's really about capturing that script and the question that I often ask clients is what's the script that's running through your head when this happens so what are you consistently telling yourself what are you consistently reminding yourself that you're not good at and how does does that serve you because we know that you know as coaches the brain will answer the question that you ask it so when you're sitting in that meeting thinking you know, I'm rubbish at this. I've got to try and find a way of speaking up. I don't want to say anything. Your brain's just answering that and and giving you the information to support what you're thinking. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you take a much more positive approach to that and start to think about, you know, how, how's a way that I can make a small contribution this time so that I'm more confident next time, your brain will start to answer that question. So I think it's really about capturing your thoughts and then starting to unpack that so why do I think that where does that come from what's the kind of belief that starts off that thought process when I get that thought process what's happening then why am I hesitating why am I hiding what is it that's resisting what's that resistance and what does what comes up for me when when I'm doing that resistance and then how does that make me feel and as a result I don't take action. So you're kind of reinforcing that wheel all the time, kind of that wheel of self-doubt. And then it proves to yourself that you didn't do whatever it was you set out to do. And Mm -hmm. it reinforces that thought. So you're back to the beginning again. So it's about, for me, it's about digging deep into what are you consistently telling yourself that's standing in your way? Yeah, yeah. And I love where you, there's loads of that around the, the vision and I always say to a lot of clients, you know, what's, and I said it in my last last podcast actually about, it's the undercurrent is always, yeah. there, you know, tapping into what action you take, what decision you make is always aligned to that. And if it's not, you need to really challenge yourself on what's your motivation for that. And, and actually you probably find you, you weren't very motivated if you weren't on track. And then I think, um, you know, it's just bringing to life, like, you know, and I'm, as a visual learner there around when have I seen that for myself in terms of maybe being stuck in a highly male-dominated environment and being around the room in a table, you know, on a table and, and being there and having influence and authority, you know, what I was very, very confident and but I was the niche in that as a female and why was I that and and what brought my confidence then to stand you know if my boss said to me 
we need you to go and do you know do the next session and run it I'm like yeah fine yeah. now that was underneath that was an absolute wealth of knowledge sure that allowed me to suddenly just jump up and do that because I could pull things out of the bag and I just say what people might say which is blag it um but that was on on knowledge it wasn't just out of thin air but I think the next stage from that was that I didn't let those thoughts hold me back mm. taking action those thoughts were my driver and my motivation to that so what you know I've got myself to here and the next stage of growth is that I need to get feedback to learn and I need to be able to take that feedback and again unpack and explore that you know what's objective and objective um, and then listen and trust myself with that and I think that Sometimes we get in these worlds and we don't trust ourselves enough with what we yeah. know and yeah. and trust ourselves to just go for it often and face like you said, but I love the word at the start, which I think is really important here. And it's definitely a word that's sitting with me a lot recently is this word courage. Because mm. courage is about the core and courage is about the heart. And when you do what you love and it comes from the heart, that's when you're at your best. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's also about us being really clear about who we are and being yeah. confident in, in that. So, you know, I started my career in law and I've shared this story with clients and other people before. You know, I, you might remember that programme from years ago, Ali McBeal. Do you remember Ali McBeal? Oh, I love Ali McBeal. I love <laughs> so there's an episode of Ali McBeal where she is called into a meeting to give advice about um, a really complex like tax issue. And of yeah. course, you'll remember if you knew Ali McBeal that when you watch it, we often see what she's thinking in her head. Yeah. 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 So she's in this gigantic big leather chair in the boardroom and it's all men and there's this really <laughs> complex question and she just comes out with like this completely knowledgeable, amazing answer. But we see her shrink in the chair and she gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and smaller until her little feet are dangling. Well, I'm dead short anyway, so I really connected with it. But I come back to this picture of Ali a lot and I have in my career and I left my legal career because I... I looked at really confident women in law and just thought, if I've got to be like them, I can't do this. Yeah. That is, I can't be like that in order to be successful. That's not who I am. What the hell am I doing here? Mm. And as a result of that, I let, that's how I ended up in HR and had a 20 year career in HR, which is all great. But I often wonder if I'd have believed in myself more and if I'd have thought, do you know what, who you are is enough and just you're very knowledgeable, you're very practical, you work really, really hard, where would I be now? And I'll never know the answer to that question, but that was about self-belief. It is, but I also think it goes back to the point of the trusting yourself with that because that resonates with me. I remember getting feedback because, you know, I was literally the only female out of 20 of us in my peer group and... And most people think they'd be daunting. And I, in some ways, I absolutely loved it as well. And that, that I thrived off that energy. But they said, uh, I remember having feedback from my line manager that was, he goes, you know, you need to add more because what you say is very valuable. You need to listen, trust, again, trust that, that what you say is heard. And it may not be engaged with the others like they're hearing it for their own reasons and their, you know, judgment and self-validations, et cetera. But he said, but when you say something, it cuts with them like a knife. Mm. <laughs> I was like, okay. So 
yeah and so I can imagine sitting there thinking that that kind of shrinking little person because you know I'd say something sometimes in the room and I felt like I might as well have been swallowed up yeah and I would challenge sometimes and I just then put my hands in my head and think oh my god I can't believe I just said that I just landed so badly but actually it was you know my boss was like I want more of that and he smiled a wink at me and say like yeah, yeah, keep going. And yeah. that, but it'd be and it, but it was tough. And it was only because I guess it was resilience too. And and also a bit of I call it um I call it deluded self-belief that you have to almost get past a bit where people think you sound bark, you think you sound and people think you sound barking mad, but there is truth in it. Yeah. And it's that it's that mismatch in it, isn't it? And some of this comes back to this kind of imposter syndrome, which people talk a lot about. But it's that mismatch between who you really are and who you think you need to be. And that that's where I struggled. This that's going on to the identity part right here, because you say about you wonder if you'd stuck and stayed and all of that. Yeah. yeah but I, I got offered that once, you know, do you want director? And I said, no way. <laughs> no way. And I said, why not? I said, because I think you need to be a to be that yeah. and it was a discussion of at that moment in time I think you're right and I said well I'm not prepared to be that I don't want to be that person because that's not aligned to my intrinsic internal values there and that's where I'll struggle so I think where you share Sarah share about this where would I be yes but I also know that that would have challenged me and had had um, again what was the struggle at the end for me coming out of corporate was the internal conflict I had going on because mm. I was feeling a loss of identity that I didn't know who I was and that I was having to be someone I didn't want to be yes. in order to progress and get somewhere and as a female and I talked to lots of young young females at my ages you know that are in very prestigious you know director roles etc and and they are asking themselves questions now of do I want it it's not can I do it actually oh. do I want it and, that, and that's a scary place to be for a lot of businesses if they're not going to, you know, unpack and explore sometimes this confidence, uh, self-imposter syndrome, this, you know, there's lots of businesses that are still very male dominated or the boys club, massive yeah. still. Massive, yeah. uh, and, and if that's not unpacked and explored, and, and I think it's more than just, it's more than just, you know what are the barriers we always used to say that so if we know the barriers we've been talking about yeah. the barriers for years we're not actually taking action on them and saying no and building something new and creating something new we're not that dynamic enough and we're not that future faced enough and I said and that's what's holding us back in in growing you know businesses for sure um and and being I, I guess for what is better diverse and inclusive as we want to be yeah. so I think it's it's really interesting to look at, you know, where you share about helping with confidence and coaching that this who a lot of people don't know who they want to be mm. and what they want. They talk about what they don't want. And again, when I ask these questions, great, we've spoken about what you don't want. What do you want? What do you want? Yeah. And, you know, you said about, you know, the confidence, it's difficult to find that that courage. But I think in terms of leadership, generally companies don't spend enough time investing in building leaders kind of from the ground up we make an assumption yeah. that when we put somebody into a leadership role they know how to do it 100%. Well, they might technically know how to do their job 
but do they know how to manage a person? And that those two things are completely different. So where we say about the courage to act, I think it's also about making sure that people have got the right skills and they've got the right the access to the right support and they're given the time to explore who it is they want to be as a leader and then encouraged to grow in that way. So putting you on the spot, how would you help people in that position? So in that position, my approach would always be to blend some mentoring here. So 20 plus years in HR, it would be about, you know, where is it that you want to be as a leader? What is it? How do you want to be? Who do you see yourself being as a leader? And then what's the the gap that you need to fill? So in terms of knowledge, what do you need to know? In terms of skills, what do you need to know? And then how do we stop those thoughts running? What is it you believe about yourself? You know, the obvious question around that is, do you believe that you can be that person? Because if they've got to be somebody completely different in order to be the leader that they want to be, then potentially that's that's a, the wrong role for them because they're completely misaligned because values is huge. Do you think people answer that? It's tough. Well, I think people would answer it. Yeah, I think that's tough. To, do you believe you could be that? That's it's yeah. interesting. I think if I was just thinking, if somebody had said that to me, mm. I think that would have invited a silence for sure. <laughs> and then, uh, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then because... me, I'd be like, of course I can, but d- does that necessarily mean that it's a it's a really yeah, it's it's a great question to ask. Do you believe you can achieve that? Yeah, but also that helps them identify whether or not they who it is they believe they have to be in order to be effective in that role because actually they don't need to be anybody else they need to be themselves and then have the right knowledge and skills to bring it to life you know it goes if we take that back to my kind of legal example you know I didn't need to be loud you know very forthright yeah brash abrasive although that's not who I needed to be because I could just have been me in that role but I looked at those people and thought I need to be like that if I'm not like that how on earth am I ever going to be successful and it's interesting actually because I I remember getting asked that about uh 10 months ago uh what do you stand for as a leader Hmm. and by directors and I said I'm very much a, a coaching leader I listen very well. I want to help somebody move forward. I believe in people. I believe that people have great potential and I want to help them grow that. And I want them to see that in themselves, what I see. And I want to take people on a journey with a vision that's compelling. I want to hold them to account. I want it to be challenging, but I want it to be fun as well. Cause I think business is bloody boring at times and it doesn't need to be that way. You know, I remember through COVID everyone was like, it's really tough and it's this and it's that. It's like, it ain't going to change. So we can either all have a moan about it and be really negative or we can be adaptable, agile in our approach and we can be forward-facing and solution-based about the problems that we've got and we can work together or we can just have a little bit of a moan, like I said, so what do you want to do? And that was a challenge to be that way. But to I was then highly challenged on that and that that's where that conflict came in for me about you don't know the feedback was you don't know who you stand for as a leader and I really struggled with that now do I I didn't think that was right at the time I still stand by I don't think it was right I think it was a poor assessment and reflection on my capability and my 
professional ability yeah. as as a as a leader of people. And I think it was um, I think it was a lack in the support, like you say, around me of supporting my leadership behaviors. And they wanted where they said it was they were, you know, I think they wanted a swan. And someone mm. graceful and that. And the reality is that wasn't relatable to people and leading people, engaging with people and 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 seeing the challenges that people were going through. That just didn't sit for me. And that was where that internal conflict happened. And and luckily, I guess the confidence I did have was in my own ability. And that, like I said, that deluded self-belief that I was like, I'm really being quite honest you can sod this then I know it's blunt but and I was of that I just got to the point where I had enough that values weren't being met for me we talk mm. about you know Maslow's psychological safety a lot and people need to feel you know yes we're in a world where stuff changes all the time yeah. yes we know that if you're in corporates your time's coming up for you sometimes and you're going to go through restructures if you don't face internet and know that that that's on you for being that way um that is being deluded but I still just think that they got to a point where I was like, this isn't what I want. And if I hadn't had gone through what I know to be an amazing experience and and you do as well with coaching, uh, that journey for me and what I want to do and always love to do with clients is help them do that part and understand themselves too. Um, If I hadn't have had that experience, I wouldn't have had the confidence to go, this isn't, this isn't me this isn't what I stand for. And I know you can't see that. And that might be a failing in me that I'm not getting that across in the right way, or it just might be your subjective uh, outlook on me. And, mm. and, I, and in fact, I can't, and I don't want to change that. Yeah. So I could, you know, I guess I, I authentically knew and do know, and I am very self-aware again, because of coaching, what I stand for. And, and we, again, we say like, what do you want, what do you stand for? And I think that, they're, they they sound simple basic questions but they're basic questions that people don't know the answer to yeah people don't know the answer to them very often and a lot of organizations don't don't know the answer to them and I think certainly from a perspective of recruiting leaders you have to know what your values are and then how do they feature within the recruitment process because you've got to have people that are aligned to you and you know for for your listeners any any women or men who are you know listen if you're going for a role make sure that it is aligned to who you are and your value set because Mm -hmm. if it isn't you'll feel like a square peg in a round hole all the time because you're constantly pushing against something which doesn't sit well with you um, you know, and you mentioned about the coaching, Natalie, and that's, you know, one of the reasons that I was able to to transition out of my, you know, full time HR role into this is because the self-awareness was there. Yeah. I began to realize for the first time that actually who I was was OK. And it was what I was telling myself that was stopping me. And did I want to look back when I was 55? I was 45 at the time. Did I want to look back when I was 55 and think you didn't do this because you told yourself you couldn't? You've been there there before you told yourself you couldn't finish you know qualifying in your legal qualification and do that because you thought you needed to be somebody else isn't it just time to be you well like you said it's like Joe Spencer, isn't it when he says that yeah. we get to a certain age and we are automated we're on pilot and if you if you actually took your your day and worked out actually what you really consciously brought to the surface and were aware of it probably wouldn't always be a lot and yeah. you're in constant default auto mode so mm-hmm. 
I think that what I love about that thought around though is that if you build on that is that we we do have the capability and capacity to change now mm. I don't always like the word change as such now I think that we we outgrow who we were yes actually. yeah I would agree with that really strongly I think we do outgrow who we are absolutely I think we do and I I when I now look back you know I think every decade of my life I've kind of outgrown the previous one and I think that's really powerful it is and it is and it's this is where we all know language is very powerful because when people say change now I often find it's got such a negative vibe to it almost and although all people will say especially when you go through a transition of coaching whether you go through the the powerful experience of it for yourself or whether you become a coach and you you feel what it's like to coach Mm -hmm. people um when people will say you've changed (laughs) I don't think it's about change I think we evolve I think we evolve from who we were and we you know we start to hopefully become more self-aware the experiences that we have start to influence we start to change our mind about different things different things become important you know lots of people when they first start a job are in a completely different place than than where they are five years on and so maybe it doesn't fit anymore and that's okay yeah about having that courage to think I've evolved from where I am so what's next for me yeah yeah it's amazing I was just thinking so what is next for people then if if people wanted to work with you what does that look like so in terms of the you know we've been talking about confidence today so I work with with lots of people who feel as though they've kind of had the stuffing knocked out of them so what I hear a lot of is they've either um, completely forgotten who they are or they've been in a job for far too long and have become disillusioned by it. Or I actually support quite a few women who are in a particular point in their lives where menopause is a really key thing. And so that's sort of made them rethink who they are or they've become disconnected from who they were. Mm. And so it's about bringing them back to who they are and putting themselves back on the map again. So although a lot of it has a career focus and it's about where you are professionally and how do you build the confidence either in the role that you're in or to move on or move up from where you are. Sometimes it's just about how do you get back to being you? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that you say, sometimes that's experience, isn't it? For mm. sure. And, um, and that things have a domino effect, don't they? There's never, yeah. there's never one thing. I, I love the, the space that coaching creates with a client in terms of, sometimes we'll have a long a long silence and they'll learn to feel comfortable within that with me um you know and, and I've had to definitely learn that myself but it's it's creating that space I often say to somebody that sometimes this might be your only time in a week yeah it's just for you and it's just for you to really have that trusting relationship with me where we just unpack explore and there's no right or wrong there's no judgment there's no fears it's just you being you and transparent with that and and really looking at what do we need to focus on to help you move forward to to where you want to be really um yeah. everything that's been great about what you've done so um yeah I think it's a, an amazingly powerful experience and it's mm-hmm. it's great to hear like you say that like that that it's, it can impact other things as well and, and that we need to explore that because mm. it's having an impact Yeah. And I think what you just said about it being that kind of dedicated space, because, you know, we were were chatting earlier on today that 
the world can be quite noisy and different places yeah. can be quite noisy just in you know even just social media is can be so overwhelming sure. that you never feel you can find your off switch so I think just to have some dedicated time that is entirely focused on you for you to think about you and to create that kind of space mentally where you can unpack what you're thinking and what it really means to you how you're stopping yourself how can you move forward how do you get to where you want to go is really precious and, and people should value that and look and that's what I've loved about when we worked together before where you did a you know we did a time analysis piece didn't we yeah people and just shared about having that time out to look at where you where are you using your time and and evaluate this again not a right or wrong but where does that how does that sit for you there and are you happy with where that is and if you're not happy what what's the next steps to change that then and bringing it to your conscious awareness and, and one of the things we'll always look to do is look at you know where's your downtime hmm. where is your time out for you and you know I had to get a bit of a check-in at the weekend with a friend because I was just going to go like complete work 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 mode all weekend and then I was like oh, I'm supposed to see someone tonight not sure if I want to I've got loads of work to do and he was like nah what do I tell you and I was like well that I need to do other th- things and slow down he was like look this is on my pad family you know whatever whatever and I was yeah. like yeah he goes so you need to go out I was like yeah okay and it was the best thing because I actually just watched a movie and did something I'd never do and just had a pizza mm. and chilled and it was lovely and then the next day I was like actually I'm more in line with, you know, I've got a bit more clarity because yeah. it's a bit like, you know, when you work for yourself, it's very hard to switch off and want to think I can go on holiday. But mm. those are those times because we love what we do, but you've got to do those times to, to bring the creativity, to have clarity, to, to not be in a world that is, like you say, so noisy yeah. and and then and then trust that as well to, um, to let things come to fruition. And, yeah, I think that that's definitely something that's, certainly not welcomed enough in in corporates as well I remember feeling just completely overwhelmed with the volume of communication I just said I just said it's just too much but I said you could be uh you might work for McKinsey I said I don't know (laughs) you could still you still struggle to really slow down and understand everything that's coming at you I said it's just too much yeah on my my game for organization I'm struggling I think we have to create the space to thrive and create the space actually feel like like we live like last you know simple example last Friday my husband had the day off and I was busy working 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 and and he was like I thought we were going to go for lunch I was like oh oh, I haven't got time for that and then I thought that's ridiculous you know he works super long hours he's really bit I need to create the space to actually live and enjoy it and it was lovely you know to go out in the middle of the day on a Friday and have lunch together was amazing yeah we have to create that space to thrive and to to carve out time that is just to to download just to switch off yeah yeah so look I'm going to kick off with a new thing actually and uh, I'm always saying to people fail fast and give things a go and all that so I have to stick by that don't I and you challenged me once that I said I like to collaborate so you said you've got to show you're collaborating with people so you're absolutely spot on so if if I was to ask you a question to leave somebody who's going to be on my next podcast um and if it's not somebody next time and it's myself on it um, I will keep the question so I do definitely do this part what would your question be for um, my next guest Ooh, that's a very good question Natalie Potts uh, you put me on the spot here let me think I am what do I get to know who the next guest is no because I don't know all oh, right okay 
<laughs> we're just making this up as we go along that we normally do oh you've got to live by what you say haven't you yeah you have right okay let me think what would I ask them um I would say to them if you could let go of one only one thought what would it be and who would you be without it that was two questions but I'll oh let... sorry it's kind of a... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that is amazing. I will definitely. So, yeah, I will ask that for sure. Of course. Look, Sean, I do absolutely value your time and I love your perspective. I love your energy. I love um, everything you bring to coaching and it's uh, the support you give and everything like you share there. Some really valuable comments. So, where can people connect with you and find out oh, more about working with you? Super easy. So LinkedIn is usually where I am. So I'm just Sean Carter on LinkedIn. That's really easy to find. Sean is S-I-A-N because I get called all sorts of things, which I clearly am not. <laughs> the favorite, the two favorites I'll share with you are either Cyan, clearly not, and Sean, clearly not a bloke. So yeah, so S-I-A-N Carter, Sean Carter on LinkedIn. Also on Instagram, Sean Carter Coaching. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Natalie. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and inspired you on your journey. Make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. I really love hearing feedback from you. So leave a review and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And now it is time to go take action, make a difference and have a great day. Mm -hmm.